Hi, I'm Allie V, and welcome to Behind the Illness, a podcast about mental health. Each week, I'll talk about the psychological, social, and biological aspect of living with mental illness. We'll dive deep and analyze it from all angles and talk about how important it is to take care of our own mental health. Let's get started. Hey friends, because this is a mental health podcast, I just want to be super respectful and throw out a trigger warning for this episode. So I'll be talking about a lot of really tough things. And if you ever feel the need to need to turn off the podcast, please do. You have to take care of yourself. There will be no hard feelings. So let me first say, um, there will be a lot of crying because I cry at everything. Um, if y'all haven't picked up on that. And, hey Sage. Um, I sometimes have a very hard time of telling my story because it can get very deep and very dark. Um, I am one of those people that say... You know, when I listen to somebody else's story and it's like horrific, I'm like, why am I even telling mine? I mean, good Lord. But I know that, um, I know that what I went through is valid and I know that what I went through, um, kind of shaped me to who I am today, into who I am today. So I'm okay with that. Um, I have... I have got it, girl. Thank you. I love you. Um, I know, right, Tomb? Um, yeah, why not? Let's just all cry together. Um, <laughs> I, and that's another thing. I had to make sure I grabbed a drink because I get, like, freaking dry mouth when I talk. But, um, honestly, it's, it, it's rough for me. Um, and it may not have been rough for others, but that's what makes it, that's what keeps life interesting, I guess. So, um, but I just wanted to give a shout out before I get into mine. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody that has told their stories so far and been so brave. Like I am crying with y'all and I wish that I could hug y'all forever. And I don't like hugs. I don't like touching people, but I want to hug y'all. <laughs> um, because I love each and every one of you. And I have gained even more respect for y'all than I ever had before. So. There we go. Um, so. We will start from the beginning. Um, I'm going to try to keep up with chat. But if I don't, please forgive me. Because this is rough. Um, so. I was born in October on a fall crisp. I'm just kidding. Um. So, I will start from, like, when I was about five. Um, I remember before I started school, um, I would go with my grandparents to the bowling alley because they loved bowling. Um, that was something that they enjoyed doing and they enjoyed bringing me. And um, it would give my dad a break because um, about a, a year before I was born, um, my dad was seriously injured and in... I always thought it was offshore, but it wasn't offshore. It was just, uh, like a, he worked in construction 
and uh, he was seriously injured. Um, he was, they were putting down concrete for something. He had a hard hat on, of course, um, but from up above, like a big concrete slab. I still to this day have no idea how he didn't die, but like a concrete slab fell from above um, due to, to some carelessness from somebody else and uh, hit him right on the head. Um, and it broke his hard hat, but it broke his neck, slid down his back, broke his back, um, and he still struggles with that. Um, and actually yesterday was the 31st anniversary of that. So it was kind of a dark day in the house. Um, even though they don't try to really dwell on that, my parents, um, it was pretty dark. Um, they've been to a lot of doctors, um, a lot of surgeries, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain. My dad is on multiple pain pills because he just can't take it. Um, obviously, chronic pain for 31 years is pretty brutal. Um, and because of that, you know, we, we, I didn't grow up in like a, you know, rich family or, you know, we had to watch our money or they had to watch their money because I was a kid, but, um, and it was, that's all I knew though. Um, I was born after that happened. Do not ask questions about that because I don't want to know. <laughs> like, he got hurt 10 months before I was born. We know. Don't ask questions. <laughs> I don't want to know. That's my parents. We're talking about people. Um, but anyway, um, that's all I knew. Um, I'll, I'll, I've only known my dad as being hurt um, and being in chronic pain, going to doctor's appointments a lot. Um, at one point, they had to go to an out-of-town doctor once a month. I mean, my mom has been, you know, I just watched that caregiver podcast before before my stream and just made me think of how strong everybody was um, in that panel, but also how strong my mom has been because, um, I'll silence this, um, how strong my mom has been um, because of having to take care of my dad. Um, while working a full-time job and then when I was born um, it was not very um, it wasn't any easier on her because um, then she had a baby to take care of with a full-time job and a hurt husband um, and for reasons that we don't know um, I didn't talk um, I only talked to my f immediate family, which is my three sisters and my parents. And that was it. Um, I never talked to my grandparents. They lived next door, even. And I would go next door, and my mom would ask, well, my mom would ask me to go next door and get some eggs because my, my grandmother had uh, chickens because we live in the country. <laughs> and um, I would go. And sometimes I would give her a hard time because I didn't want to. And I didn't know why. But I would go. 
and I would just stand there at the door and sometimes it would be for 20 minutes and I could not get myself to knock on the door and I don't know why and my grandma my, my grandmother did not know that I was even there so it's not that she could have opened the door or anything um And I don't, I don't know why I was the way I was. Um, I thought it was really normal at that point because that's all I knew. But it was, um, I knew that I wanted to knock on the door. And I knew that kids my age talked because I would go to church. And they would uh, try to get me to talk. And um, I couldn't. And I wanted to. So it's not like it was... Like, I felt like I was better than them, which is what a lot of people have thought over the years. Um, it's never been that. It's that I wanted to be normal. See, I'm already going to start crying. I'm going to try. Because I'm not even to that part yet. Um, I wanted to be normal. Um, when I started school, um, it was even more difficult. Because that's when I started getting bullied um, for not talking. And... Um, it was, it, me too, me too. I was called uh, like a goody two-shoes. I was called um, stuck up. I was called everything. Um, but, I, you know, when I started kindergarten, um, I started getting bullied for it. And um, kindergarten wasn't so bad because I had friends that helped me. Even though I never talked to them, they were my friends. And they would ask, <laughs> they would ask the teacher if I could go to the bathroom, even. I mean, I had those kinds of people. Um, which is pretty incredible, being, you know, five and six years old. I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, but man, it was, uh, it was to the point where I didn't want to go to school. Um, I had stomach issues that nobody knew what was going on um I my mom would take me to the doctor to try to figure out what's going on she would take me to the doctor for my stomach issues and for not talking because nobody knew um we, nobody knew what was going on this was the 90s um you know mid 90s um And I, I don't remember this. I don't remember much of this. But my mom brought me to the doctor. And she said that, you know, the doctor said, well, she just needs to talk. Like, it's just some kind of simple thing. Because people didn't know how difficult it was. Because, like I said, it, it's not that I didn't want to talk. Um, <clears throat> when, when I've talked to my mom over the years... Um, just trying to get a like kind of a sense of what she was going through um and I'm sorry for saying um a lot she she said I th I think my second grade teacher um wanted to have conferences every morning with my mom to figure out how to get me to talk and it 
wasn't until last night even because I was freaking out last night about this stream. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Um, and I was just asking her, you know, I want to include some stuff that you went through as well. Um, just to kind of show how rough this was. And those, those morning conferences she went to, she said now she knows that they were kind of harassment a little bit because that teacher viewed me as a project. Every teacher that I had up until about, I'm thinking, seventh grade, um, viewed me as a project to get me to talk. And with those morning conferences, and she said it was first or second grade, um, made her late to work, and she eventually got written up for it, and I never knew that. Excuse me. And... That was something that she could have lost her job over, but she, I don't know, somebody, somebody was nice, I guess, and, um, I don't know, I mean, we know now that it, it was social anxiety, um, we found that out about six years ago, I'll get into that, but. Back, back in the day, uh, I'll say back in the day very loosely, <laughs> um, nobody knew what it was. And, uh, you know, not talking was selective mutism. Um, I'm going to try really hard for my psychology nerd to not come out. Um, but it might. I'm just going to warn y'all because I want to talk about, like, the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Um, but I'm trying my best to not even confuse y'all with that. Um, it will probably come out. It will probably come out. Because um, I am a psychology nerd. I feel like y'all know this. Um, it's just, it, it comes out. Um, but anyway, so... As the years went by, um, in elementary school, I was bullied, um, more and more, um, in physical ways, but not, you know, they didn't, like, beat me up or anything, um, but they would pull my hair, um, this is disgusting, but it's important because it, the, the guy that did this, has a major part in this story and this is the first time he had ever bullied me he would <laughs> it's so nasty I'm sorry but he would pick his boogers and one time he wiped it on me and because he knew I wasn't gonna say anything and it was uh Tim I know you like psychology just a little bit though right a little bit um and that was the first time he ever bullied me, and it just never let up from there. Um, and he wasn't doing it as a joke. Um, he was doing it to be very mean. There were times that he would... It wasn't just him. It was a group of people, but it was, ma it was mainly him throughout the entire time that we were in school together. There were times that he would do something, and he would blame me, and... 
you know, I was a good kid because I was shy. Um, I never got into trouble because I was too scared to. I didn't want the attention on me. I still don't like the attention on me. Um, but he would just constantly, constantly go at me almost every single day. And he did that um, for the whole time that we were, throughout the whole time that we were in school together. Um, there were a couple years that we weren't in school together because I had to move schools um, due to like rezoning stuff. And so he wasn't there to bully me. So there was a whole new group of people to bully me. Um, but he picked right back up in seventh grade. Went up until our graduation, our high school graduation night, because he sat right behind me, and he was just pulling my hair, and it, it was so stupid, it was so childish, but, I mean, whatever. Um, but, I mean, essentially I was bullied for not talking, and they would call me mute, um, anytime we had a substitute teacher before I even had a chance to even try, people would chime in and say, oh, she doesn't talk. She's a mute. Um, so it's like sometimes I wasn't given that chance to want to talk. But, I mean, and I want to keep saying, like, this is nothing compared to other people, but this was, this was major for me. Um. That was my childhood. <laughs> and it sucked. And I had one friend who was absolutely amazing to me. She helped me through so much. And uh, I'll always be grateful for her because she got me through. But uh, anyway. So, going, you know, going through school, I went through that. Um, seventh grade, in particular, I know that middle school is rough for everybody. Um, it was extremely, extremely difficult for me because I didn't talk. People were going through puberty um, and really mean, and everybody hated each other, and it's like, Okay, well, I'm no different. I hate you too, but I'm just not going to say it out loud, I guess. Um, but I still did not talk at all up to seventh grade. Um, and in my seventh grade English class, there was a teacher that just refused to show any empathy. Refused to, and I'm going to be nice when I talk about certain people. But she may have been the biggest bully I ever had. And, um, she, like I said, she refused to show empathy. She refused to show any kindness to me, any patience. And she knew that I didn't talk. She knew that I was shy. Um, but she decided one day to call on me in class anyway. And first of all, I didn't know the, I didn't know the answer to the question. So, I would have been like, I don't know anyway. But, um, 
she didn't want she didn't let up so she called on me and she asked me and I I just kind of shrugged a little bit because I didn't know um and she said okay we'll figure it out <laughs> I'm just like okay like in my head you know and uh she just kept going at me and I I eventually ended up crying in front of the class and um everybody started laughing at me um she I don't remember if she laughed but I just remember her facial expression being like she's over it and I didn't even do anything um I don't feel like I did anything I don't know um and she just kept going at me she was like so you're not gonna talk you're not gonna answer my question you're gonna ignore me and I'm just like in my head I'm thinking dude like I want to answer your question please leave me alone um but she just was not letting up so she called the principal's office and told them hey she's on her way and uh so I went and she she sent me to the principal's office for not talking uh, for not talking <laughs> and um went there talked to the principal she sent me to the guidance counselor where I did not talk who then sent me to the school nurse to do speech therapy with me which I did not do and they I don't know I mean they they put me in another class obviously because I wasn't gonna go back to her anyway um, and I mean that that is on my my brain like all the time when I tell my story because it was so that was really difficult for me knowing that okay people just do not like me and people have every opportunity to just bully me and they're gonna do it if they have that opportunity and it really freaking sucked <laughs> because as much as I wanted to say something I couldn't like I just physically could not I could not bring myself to say a word um, but then in the eighth grade um, my eighth grade English teacher um, we had to do a speech in front of in front of the class like we physically had to be in front of the class and uh, like I just I didn't want to do it obviously um, I couldn't do it um, <coughs> and it's not like I didn't want to do it but I just couldn't um, so she pulled me out in the hallway and she said what can I do to help you and she wasn't the first teacher to ever say that to me my fifth grade teacher was and my fifth grade teacher is absolutely amazing she stood up for me um, countless times and but this eighth grade teacher she said what can I do to help you is there anything specific I want you to be specific and I don't know that love that she showed me and that patience that she showed me it allowed me to talk to her um, and and be open with her and I said I don't know um, I just can't stand in front of the class. 
and she said okay well let's work through this um because i want you i want you to succeed and i want you to succeed in this class so i want you to stand in front of the class and i'm going to stand right next to you and i want you to only look at me and and then you know i was like all right i can do that and i did it <laughs> i did that um and from then on you know she was constantly still patient with me that's why when people are patient with me <laughs> it has so much of an impact on me because that's all i need <laughs> I didn't know I was going to cry at this point. I'm sorry. All I need is some patience. Um, but she helped me. Um, and she helped me get to the point where in my uh, American history class, I was the first. I, we had to recite the, the what? Preamble, I think. We had to recite something. Everybody else in that class couldn't recite it, and I was the first one. <laughs> and my last name starts with V. Um, I was the first one to recite it in front of the class, word for word. This teacher was very strict, so if we stumbled over a word, we had to start over. And I didn't stumble over one word. And he was like, and he meant it very, um, you know, kindly, nicely, whatever the word is. But he was like the shy girl beat all of y'all because <laughs> he was very like sassy it was hilarious and that was that was amazing and I still remember that um but yeah um uh, I that was r middle school was rough um going back to seventh grade like there was one time that the anxiety was so bad that I would have stomach aches um which we didn't know was anxiety at the time. And uh, I didn't go to school for like three weeks one time. And there were times that um, when my mom would drop me off at school, I would refuse to get out of the car. And I, I hate that now. I hate that I put my mom through that. And she's like now that we're more informed about everything she's just like if you ever apologize again I will slap you <laughs> not really but I will slap you and because she she knows now you know I was not doing it on purpose I don't think she knew at the time I was doing it on purpose but she knows now there was no way I was doing that on purpose I would not act that way towards my mom because my mom is my best friend um in the entire world. Um, yeah, they are the worst. I hate kids. Um, <laughs> I love, I love people, but I hate them at the same time. Um, but anyway, so uh, back in fifth grade, I uh, went and. I started in band, um, playing the clarinet, and I, I ended up uh, staying in that, staying in band, um, 
until I graduated high school. And pretty much band music was the only thing that, that kept me in school. Um, I never really wanted to drop out, but I wanted to just be homeschooled. But, you know, I was told, well, you can't be in band if you're homeschooled. And so I stayed in because I loved band so much. And I was even bullied in band. But it was like, and this is so cheesy, but it's like that power of the music was just that strong for me. Um, don't mind the cheese with that, but it just, that's true. Um, scared the crap out of me. Um, so I stayed, I stayed in. Um, I stayed in, like I said, throughout high school. Um, in high school, I joined marching band. I was a band nerd, band geek whatever <laughs> I didn't care because I loved it so much and it was fun because we were good um, and we won like state competitions and all that stuff um, and I had you know I had a couple friends in there that I would just hang out with like the little clarinet section was was my little group <laughs> um, so like I was good I was good. I was good in band. Um, the bullies, for some reason, just did not affect me when I was in that band room, both in middle school and, well, elementary, middle, and high school. Like, the band room, it was like, it was like a no bully zone for me. I'm so sorry for my dogs. They bark at nothing. Um, and so, um, marching band was just like my thing, and I was all in. Um, I was not the best player in the group at all, but I didn't care because I love band that much and I love playing that music and being like a super nerd on Friday night football nights. And I mean, y'all know, like, I'm just like an anxious mess, but I'm on Friday nights. I didn't care. I danced when the drum line was playing. Like that was my thing. Um, and so music got me through school. Um, I always just say music. I know. My dogs are little turds, but um, I love them. Um, but yeah, I uh, pretty much every day of school, I was bullied in some way. Um, in high school, that kid that I was talking about um, sat behind me and this one this one's rough um i'm probably gonna end up crying at this one too um in ninth grade english why is it always in english class i just realized um ninth grade english he sat right behind me um because our last names are right next to each other that's why he always sat behind me and um he would pull my hair again um this time he would recruit his little friends in our little island of desks. Excuse me. Um, and they would spit little, you know, wads of paper, spitballs at me and in my hair. Um, put things down my shirt, which would make me have to untuck my shirt and take it out, tuck it back in. Um, pull on my bra strap a lot and it would hurt. Um, like, guys, please stop pulling on people's bra straps. Like, 
good God, it hurts. Because <laughs> um, he would yank real hard, let it go. Um, but um, at one point, he uh, we had to wear uniforms, if y'all didn't pick up on that. And um, he would pull at my belt loop one time and pull me back so hard that I fell to the ground. And it was in the cafeteria and people just laughed. Um, because in ninth grade, I didn't have any friends with me on my lunch, uh, time. So that was fun. Um, I mean, everything, like, he, he never beat me up. It wasn't anything like that. Um, I mean, there's still some things that I'm not comfortable with sharing that they did. Um, so maybe, maybe next time. Um, but it, it got bad. Um, it was every day. If I even passed him in the hallway when we were going to our, to our classes, they would do something like stick out their arm with their hand and kind of just like s slap me in the face because I would just run into it because I'm not paying attention. Um, they would trip me a lot. Um, one time they pulled that stupid little school kid prank and tied my shoes together when I fell asleep in <laughs> in class. I mean, it was stupid stuff. It was really stupid stuff, but it was every single day that I was in school, and that's why I hated school. And I didn't want to go. Um, but especially in high school, I knew I had marching band practice after school, and that's what got me through the day. And it was hard work, and we sweated because I'm in Louisiana. Um, but I'm just like, alright, sweating and playing music with some of my friends, like, I'm cool with that, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, because of all that, my grades were not the best. I think I graduated with like a 2.1 GPA, maybe 2.2, 2.3, probably no more than 2.3. Um, so I didn't get any like college scholarships, um, didn't get any, didn't get any recognition at all, didn't care. I just wanted out. I wanted to get out of there. Um, and so somehow I got through high school. Um, I still think it was because of band. And, um, graduated high school. Like I said, that stupid dude, um, bullied me even on graduation night. I went to the after party. He bullied me there. I mean, it was all, I'm just like over it. And I'm just like, screw y'all in 10 years. I'm not coming to that stupid reunion. And I didn't because that was last year. And do not call me old. I will kick y'all. Um. It's okay, I'm old. Um, <coughs> yes, yes, Corey, yes. Um, there were so many times that teachers could have just, like, and it, it reminds me of Elwood, just, they could have just nipped it in the bud. <laughs> um, but they didn't. Um, I actually saw some teachers look away. They saw what was happening. 
especially when they yanked on my on my uh, belt loop and pulled me down I saw them look away and they didn't do anything and I am not old you're older than me you're always gonna be older than me good sir anyway um, there are some amazing teachers out there um, I know for a fact that tomb is probably one of those amazing teachers um, and I know for a fact that that Shemps is, is an amazing teacher um, and whoever else um, that's in UV or, or whoever's watching I know that y'all are good teachers but there are so many horrific teachers that have either just had enough and they don't want to deal with it or that they think it was funny and they were just looking away whatever it is um, but I'm just like if you're a teacher please help please help in bullying because we're we're losing kids we're, we're losing people we're losing kids and that's not really a fun statistic to see we're losing kids because of bullying we're losing adults because of bullying too um, but I digress I will get into that um, so um, because of my bad grades and stuff my parents wouldn't let me get get a job in high school so after I graduated high school I got a job um, it was doing little uh, demos in Sam's Club giving away the free samples and the job itself was not terrible the people were terrible and my bosses were terrible um, a couple co-workers were um, my bosses bullied me as well um, co-workers would snitch even though they were doing things worse than me um, it was all very difficult and I uh, I remember one time it was a stupid it was a stupid little event that I was doing um, they call them events because they're trying to be professional but it wasn't professional um, and I was just demoing some ham and cheese um, it was a simple little demo um, ham and cheese that's all it was I had to roll it up cut it into four so that I could give it to four people put a toothpick in it put it in a little cup and give it to people just ham and cheese I had my cart I was rolling out and setting up a lady comes up to me and she said what you got and we were told that when we weren't ready we were allowed to say um, what we had so I was like I have some ham and cheese um, I told her what the brand was where to find it and if she would just make a circle and come back um, that I would be ready and I was in a good mood I would even save her one whatever um, and she said oh you don't have it ready you should just go kill yourself and uh, I'm just like what in my head I was so shocked that nothing came out um, at that time I had already been contemplating suicide 
Um, and I'm just like, okay. Um, so I should go kill myself over some ham and cheese. That's fine. Um, that's cool. And uh, when I told my boss about it, she said, uh, well, what did you do about it? And I said, I couldn't do anything about it. What am I supposed to do? And she said, well, I don't know. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know, dude. What am I supposed to do? Like, I'm telling you right now. And it's like she didn't care. Like, she, she did not care. Because she bullied me, the, like, assistant boss, whatever, your manager, what, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, she bullied me. I mean, it was, it was dumb. And I hated that job. But I kept it for almost four years. Um, it was, well, it was three and a half years, right at three and a half years. And um, one day <coughs> in December of 2013, I had had enough of my boss's crap. So I told her off. I cussed her out. Um, which I was really freaked out about because I had never cussed anybody out in my life. Um, told her off, cussed her out. Um, and then I went to go <laughs> do my job. And next thing I know, um, I'm being called into the office and I'm being told to go home and I'm being suspended without pay. And um, this was Christmas Eve of 2013. And, um, I don't know, they said, okay, well, HR will call you and talk to you, and, um, and that was it, you know. Found out, um, I think on the 26th of December that they weren't going to let me go back to work, that I was fired. And I was freaking out, um, because I didn't know how to pay my bills, so I called my mom, and she was just like, Oh, well, you did what you had to do. And that was, that's why I'm saying, y'all, like, my mom is my best friend. Um, but that really put me into a downward spiral after that happened. And, um, see, I'm not keeping up with chat, but I saw punting kids, and then let's do it. <laughs> um... But every time that, like, Shimps, I see you, um, every time that we would say something, we would just look past. That was a terrible company to work for. They did not care about their employees. Um, they, and they still probably don't. Um, but it's like when the district manager came in, my two bosses were just like angels sent from above. And super clean and I mean when we worked with food you have to be clean no cross-contamination crap like that but they would do it all the time um, but when the district manager came in they were just like Allie you're doing such an amazing job keep it up and I'm just like what in the hell like what <laughs> like I was like okay um, 
<laughs> it was like, you need to get away from me right now because you're freaking me out, man. Um, but that was, that was, a, it paid my bills though. Um, and I, you know, we had some good times too, but overall it was just like, was it worth getting bullied over every single day? Because the assistant manager just kind of, I didn't know that I had depression until that job because it brought it out even more in me. Um, and she, she would just dig and dig and dig. And finally, I guess it slipped out that I was experiencing the symptoms of depression. And then she started using that against me. She said, you know, I would walk in and she was like, oh, Allie, are we depressed today? And I'm just like, mm, no, but I'm in the mood to punch somebody today. So whatever. Um, it was, it was stupid stuff like that, but, um, very hostile work environment. Um, the job itself was not terrible. If I could just stand there <laughs> and put out food samples, like I would have been fine. Um, there were a lot of like customers that were amazing and I loved when I would see them come in and we would talk and laugh and it was amazing. But the ones that were rude and told me to kill myself. I wanted to quit that day, but I knew I couldn't, and that's what sucks, but, um, I don't know, I mean, after I got fired, I went into a downward spiral, um, couldn't find a job, when I did find a job, um, this is something for another day, but I will just say that I almost went to jail for that job. Um, so I left that job and then from there, I really couldn't find a job. Finally found one at a grocery store and only stayed for a week because after that week I had had a complete mental breakdown. Um, and tried to die by suicide. Um. I went into the woods and there was a lot more stuff going on too at home. We were remodeling our house to try to sell it. And so I was sleeping in a camper with a very small camper, RV, whatever. Um, and I was just claustrophobic and I couldn't take it anymore. I went out into the woods, I grabbed a gun and I had my finger on the, and I'm sorry. Um, if I'm getting too much into this, um, so it's okay if you can't listen. Um, I had my finger on the trigger and, uh, I was about a second away. Um, and then it's like, I, I felt something and I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was, but something, something or someone told me to call my mom. Hurry and call my mom. So I did. And I told her what was going on. And I just started. Like I was like bawling. Snot crying. Couldn't talk. Couldn't breathe. Um, and she was. You know she was at work. So she. She sent my dad over. Um, just. Just to get there sooner. And. uh <coughs> 
I don't know. I guess I just uh, talked it through. And, uh, I don't know. I thought I was going to be okay, but I wasn't. And so I've never said this, not even to my mom, but I tried again that night. But with a knife. And, uh, so the next day, um, I told them, I just need y'all to, to bring me somewhere. I need y'all to bring me somewhere, um, where I'm safe. Or where I can just sleep it off. <laughs> I didn't know much about depression. Um, even that, in 2014, I didn't know much about it. Um, I had never been to a doctor about it. Never been on an antidepressant, anything like that. So, my mom took me to the emergency room, um, that day. And, uh, and they took me to a, uh, mental hospital. And, um, yes, Lindsay, um, yeah, my cat, my cat Squirrel, um, I named him Squirrel because I was a little kid. And, uh, <laughs> and he would jump, he wouldn't touch the floor, uh, he would just jump from furniture, like, from like the couch to the chair or whatever he was, it was just a dork so I named him Squirrel and he was my baby and there were times that uh, I went to like do do something but he would plop on my hand the hand that was going for either a knife or a gun and he would just plop on it and I'm just like are you serious right now and that cat saved my life and that was another part of the downward spiral is because I lost him that same year. Um, he died and I knew that maybe I didn't have that, that lifesaver anymore, maybe. Um, I don't know. But he was, you know, family member, so I cried, of course, but... Um, but I went into a, a mental hospital, um, stayed there for, girl, you're good, you're good. I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't want to leave that out, so you're totally fine. Um, like I said, you know, y'all just help me if you remember stuff because you know me for a long time. We've known each other for a long time, so you know a lot. Um. I stayed there for, I think, seven days. Um, and then when I got discharged, um, well, before that, um, that's where I was diagnosed with uh, major depressive disorder, which is severe depression and uh, social anxiety, social phobia, whatever you want to call it, um, and um, OCD. Um, that was where I learned that when I didn't talk, it was selective mutism. It was social anxiety with selective mutism. And my psychology nerd it will come out right now. Um, that's actually in the DSM-5. Um, and if you don't know, the 5 is the 5th edition. Um, and I have my own copy of that. And I was reading about it, and I'm like, holy crap. That is me in words. It's, it is wild how just spot on that diagnosis is um <clears throat> so 
when I got discharged, um, they have an outpatient um, therapy. Went straight over there before I even went home. Went straight over there. That's where I met a girl named Katie. Um, and Lindsay, misplaced sanity. She knows Katie. Um, and she knows that this is where I'm going to cry really, really hard. Um, met Katie. Um, and I was, uh, I was in that, went five days a week for five hours a day. Because that's how bad I was. Um, for about seven months. And every single day, me and Katie, I would sit, you know, right here. She would sit to the right of me in the, in the group. And... We would, so it started at, I think, 9 in the morning, or 8 in the morning. I don't remember. I think it was 9 in the morning. Um, and we would always meet up. We would meet up early. And we would stop somewhere separately for breakfast, and then we would meet up and eat um, outside of the building, and we would eat it together. And... Um, She would, <clears throat> we would text every day, um, and she was the first person to tell me that it's okay to not be okay. Um, I'll just say it like that. And she basically said that. She said it's okay that you're like this because you feel things differently and you feel things much deeper than other people just like all of us here and the fact that you're here right now is what makes you strong and uh it was there uh, katie was very uh bad off as well had a lot of suicidal thoughts all the time. Um, but, uh, she was also going through some, uh, going through some health issues uh, with her lungs. It was some kind of lung disease, and that I don't remember the name of. Um, but, um, so when I left, when I was discharged, we still stayed in contact. Um, we didn't talk every day like we used to, but we talked every other day. We texted all the time. We, She would tag me and stuff on Facebook. That um, she, It's like she knew that I needed. Um, she had become my absolute best friend. Um, I was going through some uh hard times with my other best friend um learning that you know she was going through some stuff herself with mental health um but she was not getting the help for it so it made it really really difficult um she did 
manipulative uh, things. Um, I felt like I was nothing, really, when I was around her. Um, and the thing is, is that I kept forgiving her. And we were friends up until just a couple months ago. Um, because I kept forgiving her. Because I was lonely. And that's not the reason to go back to a toxic person. Um, so please, just never, never do that. Um, if you're ever feeling lonely, just DM me. Um, don't go back to that toxic person. It's not worth it. It's not, um, good for your mental health. Um, it would get worse and worse. And I finally, I don't know, it was like, um, it was right before <laughs> I started streaming and right before, like, Toom found me on Twitter. Um, and so I was lost. I didn't have any friends. Um. Because in, in 2018, I hadn't heard from Katie in a little while. And I went to check in on her. I went to text her. I never got a text back. I hadn't seen her on Facebook in a while, but I didn't think anything of it because she was dealing with those health issues and she would take Facebook breaks when she would go and go to the doctor and stuff. Um... And I hadn't heard from her in about a month. I went uh, to her Facebook page to find her mom so that I could maybe message her just to ask how Katie was doing. Because I wasn't friends with her mom. And I went on her Facebook page. And people were saying how much they miss her. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? She had died a month earlier. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I didn't even know. I'm sorry, I'm an ugly crier. <laughs> I didn't know, um, I didn't get to go to her funeral, um, 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 she was uh, cremated, so she doesn't have a graveside, um, so I don't get to go visit her. Um, and I just never got to say goodbye. I had no idea that she had even died, and I found out um, almost a month later, and uh. If I even think about her, <laughs> I start crying really hard because she was my best friend in the whole world.
she meant the world to me. And, uh... I don't know, she was the one I could turn to when I didn't have anybody else. And, uh, I still feel like a horrible friend for not checking on her sooner. Because maybe I would have known. And so I don't feel like I have that closure because I didn't get to say goodbye. And, uh, And when I lost her, I didn't have anybody anymore. I still had my mom. Um, but I remember... Uh, I found out about Katie. It was about 3 in the morning. And I didn't know what else to do. I started having a panic attack. And uh, I went and woke up my mom. And she had work. That... You know, I, w I woke her up, knowing that she had to work, but I just couldn't help it, and, uh, <laughs> I love y'all too. I'm sorry, I'm just an ugly crier, I hate crying in front of people, but I'm okay with it, because I knew it was coming. I knew when I got to that point in my story <laughs> that it was going to come out, because anytime I even think about Katie, I cry. Um, if I... It's not to the point where, like, when I heard the name Katie, I would cry. It's not to that point anymore. Um, but, uh, <coughs> I still, I never got that closure. And I, I, I'm still grieving. Very much so. Two and a half years later. And one thing that I've been told over and over is that grief doesn't have a, like a, a time timeline um, sorry <laughs> so I just kind of I let it happen when it happens you know um, <laughs> thank y'all um, but man um So, when I lost her, I didn't have anybody, um, and I felt lonely, so I, um, messaged my friend again, and asked her if we could be friends, and I knew it was the wrong thing to do, um, but I did it anyway, and I still regret that. I regret that every single day that I did, that I, that I did that, um, It got worse. The manipulation got worse. Um, we claimed to be best friends. But I didn't know anything about her, honestly, because she had changed so much. Um, and I felt like I was essentially getting bullied by 
someone who was supposed to be my best friend. Um, I feel like she didn't care for Katie because she, she thought that Katie was taking her spot. And honestly, she was. Because Katie was what a friend is supposed to be. Um, but, I mean, whatever. Um, so she knew I was grieving, but it's like she didn't do anything to help. She didn't really show that she cared too much. Um, and uh, So it kept going um, up until a couple months ago. And I finally just kind of really just had enough. Um, I had a gut feeling that something big was coming. Um, I was a few months away from graduating college. Um, and she she always made me feel like, because she, she was in college as well. She always made me feel like I was too dumb to go to college. I had no idea what I wanted to do, um, what I wanted to major in. I had no, I felt like I had no focus in life, no purpose in life. And she didn't care because she had that one up on me that she was in college and she knew what she was doing. So who gives a crap about Allie, right? Um... Well, um, after my second stint in a mental hospital, um, I found out what I wanted to do. I had this passion for mental health that I was never really quite open about. Um, I was, because I had a blog, um, but it wasn't anything like that's what I wanted to do with my life. Um... But I found what I wanted to do, and I wanted to go to school for psychology. Um, I was set on it, and uh, my therapist was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, alright, I'm going to go look for a college then. Like, I'm going to go and see what I can get into. Um, I didn't have a good grade in high school. Like I said, I graduated with like a 2.3 at most GPA. I want to... 2.1 keeps coming up in my head though it was bad um, so I wanted to find something that um, would not make me go to class because I knew I had social anxiety and I wouldn't succeed if I had to go to class so I wanted to try out an online college um, I found an online college um, and um, of course got accepted right away because I think they just accept anybody, to be honest with you. Um, got accepted, and I was like, "Dude, let's let's do this. Let's. I'm I'm ready. Like I need something. I need something. Because I have nothing right now." Um, and so I, I started up, and I was like, um, "I hate this," <laughs> and I wanted to drop out in the first term, but my mom was like, "No, you're not dropping out, little boo." Um, and so I didn't, um, and man, I, uh, I don't know, um, some point during all of that, I got my dog, Finn, um, that a lot of you know, probably all of you know, because either you're friends with me on Facebook, or you watch my streams, um, or whatever, um, Finn is 
my best friend. He is my emotional support animal. Um, I had gotten him to be a ther a service dog, but he was too friendly, <laughs> and he wanted to say hello to everybody. And he, service dogs can't do that. They have to focus on their, on their human. And he would, but he also wanted to say hello to everybody. So he was. So I was like, all right, well, you can't be my service dog, but you can be my therapy dog for at home because even at 30 I still can't go to the store by myself um, I still live with my parents because I'm too scared to live alone or was um, and so my mom goes to the store with me um, so Finn is just my rock sometimes and he helped me through a lot there were times that I was so stressed out about writing a paper um, or taking a test that he would just be like, if you don't freaking stop crying, <laughs> and he would get in my lap and just sit there. And then I was like, okay. And then I took it. And then I got like A's on everything that he helped me through. And, uh, like a lot of a lot of people just see him as a dog, but he's just my rock. Um, and yeah, Finn is Finn is at least more popular than me. Um, he has more followers on Instagram than me. Um, and he's a turd, but I love him. He is like I can just look at him, and I'm just like, I love that dog. You can ask my mom; I say it every day. But anyway, um, so you know, I've had him. Um, I've had my mom, um, and then, you know, for a little while there, you know, I was, the years passed, I went through, went through school, um, ended up realizing that I absolutely love writing papers, um, I've always loved writing, you know, like when I was a teenager, I would write songs and poems and whatever else that was my main thing though like I, I had a, a little notebook that I would carry around everywhere and I wrote you know lyrics on it and uh <laughs> and that was where I wrote my songs and like if you knew me in high school you probably know that I was carrying around that notebook and uh I remember uh I, I told Katie that I did that that I wrote songs and poems and stuff and she said please let me read some and I don't really I never really let people read them but I don't know she was different she was just a different human being and despite all the crap that she went through she was always just happy or tried to if she wasn't happy and, and she was depressed instead she would still try to help people and so that's why I do that because no matter I'm talking about Katie again see um, <laughs> no matter how depressed I am or down I am if I see somebody that's depressed I'm just like dude you got me I don't care <laughs> I don't care what it takes. Like I got you. And 
I think that was my ex-best friend. Uh, she kind of took that too. Like, it's fine to take it seriously, but she took it too far. And it got to the point where if I was depressed and she was depressed, if I didn't immediately say something to her, then she thought I was mad at her or that we weren't friends anymore. And she was just very manipulative. Um, she is the reason, because she has called me this, she is the reason why I absolutely hate the terms crazy, psycho, batshit crazy. Especially batshit crazy. Because she called me that and I cannot stand it now. Because that is not a fun term for me. Um, anything that has to do with like... Because when you when you call people crazy or call people psycho or batshit crazy, like that doesn't help the stigma. That just makes it worse because that's what people called people back in the day. They called them crazy. And it's like if that term is going to stick around, then you're not really helping. You're not really helping the stigma. But that's just my two cents. Um, and I can't st I can't stand those terms anymore. Um, I don't even call myself crazy. I call myself what I am I call myself depressed or anxious um, because because those are real terms those terms are not they don't they don't further that stigma those are real words I mean you know what I mean right um, I don't know um, anyway uh, <laughs> so eventually I got tired of her crap um, I got tired of her manipulation. Um, I texted her and I said, look, we can't keep lying to ourselves and tell ourselves that we're friends. Um, so I absolutely wish her the best. I have no hatred towards her at all. Um, and I hope that she's good. I mean, I don't know if she's good because I refuse to let myself go check in. But because of that, I didn't have any friends. Um, that was, I think, in July of this year. And I was like, alright, so I need to find something to buy my time. I'm going to start streaming. That'll help with my social anxiety. Um, because I'm trying to get over this. Like, I just want to be what I've always said is normal. But we know there's no real definition of normal. Um... But I've always said, you know, I just want to be normal. I want to live a normal life as much as I can. And I feel like maybe if I can push myself to stream, maybe that'll help. Um, and at first it was like super awkward. I think that's for everybody though. It was super awkward. I was talking to nobody. Um, it was so difficult. I think I was doing like 30 minute streams to begin with. Sorry. Um, just because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I thought that I had to be a good gamer to be a streamer. I just, sorry, I looked at the time and I was so worried about talking for two hours and here I am at an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> um, and it was difficult. Um, I found this community that I was a part of and it was all good and I met a lot of cool friends. They helped me get affiliate even, um. And then it it went all downhill very, very, very fast. Um, it got toxic kind of fast. Um, 
and like I see Miss Nerdalicious in chat, like she knows, she knows because she was part of it too. And um, so I left, and then after that, I was like, I don't have any friends anymore again. Um, so that's cool. So I started getting on Twitter and um, asking for like communities, trying to get a part of some communities. Um, and I wasn't finding anything. Um, this was in, I think, late August, maybe early September, um, of this year. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just started asking around on Twitter. I wasn't finding anything. Nobody was reaching out. Um, because, you know, you don't just have Discord links sometimes. Like, they have to reach out with them. Ow, I just hit my hand. And, um, I mean, I was just like, alright, well, maybe I'm just not meant to have friends. That's me overreacting, because I do that. And that's why people that give me patience are some of my favorite people. Because I do overreact. And I get deep into my feelings. Um, I am a major empath. So, when other people cry, I cry. Like, this is how I am. Um. That's why this whole weekend is like a disaster for me, <laughs> in a good way, because when other people cry, I'm just like, alright, I'm out. But, anyway, uh, I got into my feelings, um, I started getting super depressed, um, that was also the time that my medicine was wearing out, I guess, whatever that was, um, and I was having suicidal thoughts for the first time in about a year. Um, and I was actually thinking about doing it because I lost Katie. I didn't have any friends. Um, school was going fine, but what was I going to do with my degree? Because I didn't know. Um, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I going to live with my parents for the rest of my life? Because I was feeling claustrophobic. Um, my vehicle was not working. I haven't had my vehicle almost all year. And I only got it last year. Um, and so it's just like, I'm stuck at home. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my degree. I don't have anything really going for me right now. I don't have any coping skills that are helping me right now. Because I would go take drives a lot. Um, and I couldn't do that. Um, I didn't really felt like, feel like I had a purpose. Um, once I left that group... Um, they weren't watching anymore, so I wasn't getting viewers anymore. That was basically a follow-for-follow follow group, by the way. Um, but whatever. I didn't have my viewers anymore, so I was like, alright, well, streaming's just not for me either. Um, I didn't have anything. And so, um, I don't know. I was a new where a gun was in the house um, because I had to go get it because we had a snake problem in the backyard for a little while there and I had to go run and get it and uh, <laughs> for my parents but anyway and I knew where it was and uh, I knew where bullets were and um, and the reason my parents trusted me with going to get it was because I was doing so well but it was like touching a gun again just really kind of made me go kind of spiral a little bit and uh, I was uh, 
I was gonna, I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it. Um, either that night that I had posted this tweet about trying to find a community, or the next morning. Either way, I was gonna do it. Um, so Tombstone reached out. Um, and I don't know where he found me. I don't know how he saw the tweet. Because um, I had never even met him before. We didn't follow each other. But he reached out and he said, start talking about UV. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, I'll try. Because that's what I'm looking for. And the way that he described it was just perfect. Um, it's what I needed. So I went and joined pretty much immediately I think um and then it was it was a big group and it was and I say that while it was much smaller than it is now but uh <laughs> and I was terrified so I didn't I think I said hello I was welcomed by like 20 people um and I was like what the crap is going on like what what is this <laughs> and um I don't know. I mean, from there, I, I did keep streaming because I wanted to just have something. Um, I felt like even just Tomb reaching out was maybe what I needed um, to stay alive. Um, he was a complete stranger. But sometimes complete strangers can be the ones that save your life, you know. And um, I felt like he did that for me. And that's ex no, I didn't think y'all were weird, but I thought it was like y'all are too nice, and I don't deserve that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, and th and then it's like, so I join in, and it's like all these super nice people, and I'm just like, okay, I just need to get the nerve to talk to them now. Took me a little while. I think it took me a couple weeks, and then I started getting active. I think, if I'm remembering correctly. And, uh, I don't know, it just went, like, downhill from there. I'm just kidding. It went uphill from there. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's, I love every single person in UV, um, so, so much. But I think that's, too, I think that's why I kind of cling to you a little bit more. Because you were the one that reached out and you. <laughs> I was pretty set on doing something bad. And uh, something irreplaceable. Irreversible. And uh. That's why UV means a lot to me too. That's why I am always talking about it. Um. On social media in conversations with my family one of the first things I did was went and <laughs> bought some UV hoodies it's like I I want people to know that about this family it's not just a group of random people I really feel like when people come in like when new people come in, I welcome them to the family because I really mean it. Because it's like, I don't see them as strangers the minute that they 
come in. You know, it's weird. But it's like, I immediately love them. Because they're like, oh, you're associated with UV? I love you. <laughs> um, but man, it's... <sighs> so that was just a little part. Sorry. Um, and yes. Yes, I definitely roped her into the chaos. Um, I wanted my other friends to feel that love. Um, especially Lindsay here. She... She's been with she's been with me. She knows a lot more about me than even what I'm saying right now. Um, and I know, I know that she deals with some stuff too. So I wanted her to feel that love. So I was like, "All right, you're invited." <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so there's my little shout out to UV. I love y'all, and I say it a lot. Y'all are gonna have to kill me to get rid of me now. Um, y'all are gonna have to physically, like, like, physically shut me up to make me stop talking about UV. Um, I don't know. Um, that one little tweet that he sent me, um, we, we talked in DMs a little bit, told him a little bit about my story. With social anxiety, how I'm, like, terrified to open up to people, terrified to talk to people, um, especially strangers. Um, voice chat in Discord was, like, a whole issue for a little while there. Um, but now I just feel like any chance I get, um, I am, I'm in that Discord. Even if I'm just lurking. I watch y'all. Um... But man, I, um, I don't know. I mean, I kept going and I kept going through school. Um, I just felt like I needed to. I, I felt like I needed that, um, that happy ending. Because all my life, those bullies told me, you're too stupid to even do anything. You're not going to college. Are you even going to graduate high school? I mean, I've had teachers tell me that, guidance counselors. You're stupid. You're, you're worthless. You're, what are you going to do with your life if you don't talk? What are you going to do with your life if, if, I guess that's it, if you don't talk? Um, and I believed that. I believed that for a very, very, very long time. I started college to prove them wrong, and it turned into me believing in myself and then towards the end it turned into proving me right because I'm like I'm not stupid and I'm not gonna listen to that crap anymore I'm not gonna let people bully me anymore I'm not gonna let people walk all over me anymore you're not gonna take advantage of me you're not gonna be you're, you're just not gonna do that to me if you want to do that to somebody, I don't. Please don't. Just don't do that to somebody. But whatever. <laughs> but you're not going to do it to me. Um, college turned into something that I did and stayed in to prove myself right and to prove to myself that I could do it and that I was smart and I am smart and I wanted to prove that I could do anything that I put my mind to and that I could stay focused on. And I did it. 
and that's why it's such a huge issue not issue a huge thing that I graduated college last week and I did that nobody else did that for me so I'm not stupid I'm amazing my therapist made me say that out loud like multiple times yesterday. <laughs> I'm amazing. And that's not to be full of myself. That's not to be selfish. That's just being real. And I can do amazing things. And I know I'm going to do amazing things. Because I still have, you know, I graduated college at 30. I don't care. I still have a whole life ahead of me. And I'm going to do amazing things. I know exactly what I want to do with my life. I'm start grad school in May. <laughs> like, what the heck? That's not something I ever would have thought I would say. Um, but I'm, I'm starting grad school in May. <laughs> and um, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be... I'm going to write about psychology. I'm going to write about mental health. And I'm going to help people. Because that's what I want to do. I want to help people. And when I learned that UV was like focused on mental health, it's like how in the crap, how in the crap am I a part of these, ama with these amazing people? I don't know. I found people that are just as passionate about mental health as I am and that is a wild concept to me because for a long time people told me that I need to stop going around diagnosing people um, and that I mean I w when I was going to church I was told to stop talking about my mental health on Facebook because I was helping my mom teach Sunday school and they were scared that I was going to hurt their kids. And so we were kicked out. My mom was too. And she had nothing to do with that. I stopped going to church after that. Um, which is really difficult. Because I grew up in church. I was in church every time the doors were open. But I won't talk about that. But I felt like, my God, if I don't have the pastor of a church on my side then who the crap is on my side is God on my side like I'm not gonna get into all that um but it's like man now it's like everybody that ever said anything like that to me is like nothing to me now because I'm on top of the world I climbed that mountain and despite all that crap that I went through I'm good like I have my days where I get too into my emotions and too into my feelings but I mean you can you can be in therapy you're still gonna have your bad days and that's okay it's okay to have your bad days because everybody has bad days but stay alive for those good days 
stay alive for even if you feel like you have nobody stay alive for things for laughter I stay alive for the sound of thunderstorms for my dog for my parents my sisters my nieces and my nephews I fight for them nobody messes with my family <laughs> um, but I stay alive for the sound of leaves falling on the ground in my favorite season um, I stay alive for sports that's silly but what if I couldn't watch football anymore <laughs> I mean I'd be lost I mean it's things that sound so silly are what they're what keeping me they're, they're what's keeping me alive so it's like you feel like you don't have anybody but you have things around you and you always have somebody that's that's the thing is that you always have somebody and if I can be that somebody for you please let me be because I will be there for you whatever day whatever time of day you can text me you can DM me whatever I tell I tell my niece and my nephew all the time if y'all need me if I'm streaming because they've told me before like well, we didn't want to bother you while you were streaming. I don't give a crap. Streaming is nothing. If you're, if you need me, I'm pressing that in stream button immediately. And I don't owe anybody an explanation. As much as I love everybody that supports me and watches my stream and all that, like I'm gonna be there for my family, and they know that now. And I stay alive for them because I know they need me. And it's silly, but I think about how Finn would react if I never came home. Or how my parents would react if I never came home. But like I said, y'all, I'm, I'm on top of a mountain right now that I climbed. And I'm good. I'm good. I've got my family here. I've got my family in UV. And <laughs> I'm good. You know? Well. But yeah. One thing that my, and I'll, I'll end on this. Um, one thing that my therapist said to me yesterday because uh, I graduated last Saturday and I see her on Fridays so this was yesterday was the first time I saw her after I graduated and we were just talking about graduation um, and we were talking about she wanted me to remember what I went through for a second there for me to appreciate even a tad bit more of how big this was in my life that I graduated And I don't know. I mean, she made me get a little deep about how those bullies called me stupid and that, that I wouldn't be anything or be anyone. 
And then she said to me, do not let anybody steal your dreams from you. And that kind of, I don't know, that kind of hit me. Because for a long time there, I felt like I was doing that. But now I can say that I didn't. <laughs> because I, I don't know, your girl is a college graduate now, so that's pretty cool. As much as it gets dark, the sun always rises. And as deep as the depression can get, there's always going to be a good day in there. So stay alive for those good days. And keep fighting through the bad. And that is my advice to you. And that's all I got. Hey everyone, it's Allie V. Thank you so much for all the support and listening to my podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, please do me a favor and leave the podcast a review. If you would like to be featured in a voice review or become a financial supporter, go to anchor.fm slash btillnesspod. You can also go to my website, writtenbyallyv.com for more information.